This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate. And this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. It seems that the front line for hate these days is not on the streets as much as it is on my laptop and my mobile device. Social media has become an extraordinary way for us to connect, to share, and to learn. But it has also given extremists and haters a way to find one another and to spread their racism, misinformation, and hate. In response, ADL formed the Stop Hate for Profit Coalition last year in the wake of the killing of George Floyd. We joined forces with African-American organizations, the NAACP, and Color for Change, Latino organizations, LULAC, and the National Hispanic Media Center, and others, to ask for common-sense changes to social media platforms. It has now been a year since forming that coalition, so I invited Dave Sifri, the director of ADL's Center for Technology and Society, to join me on today's show to talk about the coalition and what has been accomplished. Welcome, Dave, to From the Front Lines. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. So, Dave, take us back to June 2020, right after the killing of George Floyd. How did it come about that this coalition was formed? Sure. Well, as you can imagine, this terrible tragedy was not the first killing. It was that that there was an enormous amount of uh, violence that was occurring on the streets and that we were seeing even being organized on groups, on social networks. And unfortunately, the most prominent one where we saw this roiling of hate, anti-Semitism, anti-Black racism, and, um, and organiz- organizing was on Facebook. So we at ADL and the Center for Technology and Society we're kind of like EDL's uh, Silicon Valley office, so to speak. So we have deep relationships with all of the different social media companies. But we went to the top folks at Facebook and said, this has reached an emergency level, and this needs to change. And what, uh, is, and and what was it that, and what was it that you asked? Less uh, than optimal. Less than optimal. Okay, so, but first of all, what was it that you asked of the social media companies? Well, what be, what we became clear was that they needed to make some really significant structural changes, uh, and some of them were like to actually hire a VP for civil rights. Uh, another one was to stop putting advertisements uh, next to groups where there was hate, uh, and on top of this, you know, to actually take down and enforce their own policies against hate speech and disinformation and misinformation. These were common sense requests. That we were asking about. And so what stood in the way of accomplishing it? Was it an issue of technology? Was it an issue just of the will? Or were there ideological concerns? I really think that, uh, obviously I can't speak for Facebook, but I'll just say that what we heard was yet again another statement of, oh, this is so hard. We're working on it. You know, give us some more time. And honestly, we've been hearing this for the last 10 years. And so we decided that it just had reached a crisis point with the summer and the killing of you know, George Floyd, of you know, Amon Aubrey, of you know, Grana Taylor, so many horrible things that were happening. And we said, this is not, you cannot stand for this. And by the way, advertisers and the, the people who Facebook really end up you know, catering to, which is not us, we're the product. 
okay? We're not the actual customer of Facebook, that they are actually allowing their messages to be sitting next to broadcasts of hate and this needed to stop too. Okay, so of course it was the advertisers and going to the advertisers that really made the difference. Tell us about how the Stop Hate for Profit Coalition uh, worked with the advertisers and, and prompted these companies to finally make change. Absolutely. So we reached out uh, and we worked with, again, our partners at the NAACP and Color of Change and, uh, you know, the, the Common Sense Media folks and Mozilla and others. And we went to some of the leading advertisers in the world. And, and in fact, what ended up happening was 1,845 companies publicly pledged to join an ad pause for one month. This is major brands including Ford, Unilever, Verizon, Starbucks, Coca-Cola, North Face, HP, Patagonia. And this led to a real avalanche of pressure on Facebook to start making real change internally in terms of taking the problem of hate and hate speech of the violence that was being uh, incited on the platform much more seriously. It's an incredibly exciting story of uh, these different groups banding together and really pushing for change against such a big company and actually uh, making change. So what were some of the changes that we started to see in the fall as a result? Absolutely. Um, So first off was the actual changes that Facebook themselves made. So they finally had released a long-delayed civil rights audit that really showed how the company was not doing uh, enough internally. Uh, They actually hired a civil rights executive, a VP level civil rights executive. After nine years, they changed their Holocaust denial policy. Do you you believe this, Scott, that for nine years, Facebook explicitly allowed Holocaust denialism on the platform, and they finally had a change of heart. They did a hate content audit commitment uh, to determine how it regulates hate speech. They started to look at algorithmic racial bias in its algorithms. But in some ways, the most meaningful action was actually around engagement and movement by their peers, including Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, and Twitch, who made some very, very significant moves as they saw reflected what was going on and realized that they, too, needed to make change. Okay, so a lot of change very quickly, uh, really extraordinary. And the question is, what was the impact of this? Do you feel like the hate and misinformation uh, has been lowered on these sites? <sighs> I wish I could say that, you know, we, we can all go home and, um, and, and just, you know, let up on what we're doing. But uh, alas, uh, it continues to morph. And in some ways, the business model itself is part of the problem here, that this idea of engagement, of getting you to keep coming back so that you're still giving Facebook more information, you're sharing, you're liking, you're commenting things, um, in some ways uh, is leads the companies themselves to favor controversial and quote-unquote engaging content, which is often hateful. So while there certainly has been some significant progress YouTube banning Stephen Molyneux, David Duke, Richard Spencer, these known you know, white supremacists, Twitter cracking down on the QAnon conspiracy, um, you know, Facebook uh, releasing its civil rights audit and, and making some real changes. 
that while these things are very real and, and have significant impact, there's still so much work more to be done. So I, I know that you actually uh, have been looking at some of these sites and uh, sort of tracking. I mean, part of our role is, is not just to, to demand change, but is actually to monitor change. Tell us a bit quantitatively what you've seen in terms of, of this change. Sure. Uh, so one of the things that, uh, that uh, ADL and the Center for Technology and Society does, and we've done for the last three years, is releasing uh, a report on excuse me, online hate and harassment. And the unfortunate thing about what we're seeing where we do a nationally representative survey of, of American adults uh, who use the Internet, which, let's face it, is practically everyone, um, 41% of people have reported having had uh, an incident of harassment or severe harassment in their lifetime. And that number, while it has dropped somewhat slightly, it's still within the margin of error. It hasn't really dropped enough yet. Um, and in particular, one of the areas that we're most concerned about is actually a jump in the amount of uh, harassment and severe harassment against uh, Asian Americans this year. Uh, and uh, I think you know this area is a, a particular area of focus for us that while we also care about the anti-Semitism, the anti-Black racism, and, and all of the other kinds of harassment that people are still experiencing, um, being especially sensitive to uh, what's been going on in the news uh, and looking at how these companies need to change their policies and, most importantly, enforce their policies at scale. Okay, so, you know, there's a role for an organization like ADL to play, but there's also a role for individuals to play because we all have the power to call out hate and misinformation. We all have the power to, to push these companies to enforce their, uh, their policies. Uh, I know that ADL has put out a, a cyber safety action guide. Maybe talk a little bit about that and the, the power that individuals have here. You bet. Um, every single one of us can be involved and be an upstander and not a bystander. So when we see hate and harassment that's going on, whether it's on the schoolyard, whether it's on a campus, whether it's you know walking down the street, or whether it's online in that Facebook group or you know with your Twitter in your Twitter feed, um, each one of these, you when you see hate and harassment that is that is occurring, the first thing to do is to report it. So you'll see on every one of these platforms, there's usually it's usually either in the upper right corner or the upper left corner, three little dots. And you click or you tap on where you see those three little dots next to the story where you see somebody who is being hateful or harassing. And you can say, report this. Now, the second thing that I would do then and is, is you then, after you report it, take a screenshot and take the tracking number and go on over to ADL.org slash report incident, and you can actually report that incident into our incident tracker, um, where we also can help. Because we have relationships with all of these different companies, we very often can provide escalation for you and for your friends, right, who are, who are you know, seeing or, or, you know, having been a victim or a target of this kind of hate and harassment. Um, and it's really disappointing. There's no phone number that an ordinary person can call at Facebook or at Twitter or YouTube. We're going to change. Okay. 
So uh, if you want to find the Cyber Safety Action Guide, you can find it at ADL's website. Uh, you can uh, just Google ADL Cyber Safety Action Guide. You can also find out more about the Center for Technology and Society there. And if you want to learn more about the Stop Hate for Profit Coalition, you can just go to stophateforprofit.org. So, Dave, thank you so much for the important work of ADL Center for Technology and Society and for being on today's special one-year anniversary show of the Stop Hate for Profit Coalition. Thanks so much for having me, Scott, and for the great work that you're doing.